Dude. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. This is years in the making, two weeks in the discussion, yes. and we're in it. <laughs> we're we are in now it. in it. Uh, a week of uh, some very interesting uh, listening choices. It's it's <coughs> It's been fun. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. glad we're doing it. Um, for those of you joining us, if this is your first episode, if you skip the intro, I'm uh, your co-host, Brennan Mitchell, co-host. Jonathan Humphrey. Uh, for just a little background, I'm a warehouse manager here in Savannah and a musician trying to become a full-time musician eventually. That's the, <laughs> that's the dream. Podcaster, producer, artist, uh, fucking... All around Ostrich is, is enthusiast. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Jonathan Humphrey is a uh, local bikini model. And yes, yes. <laughs> um, part time. Part time. At, at yeah, the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we're waiting for the the summer to get in here. And uh, you're on strike, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. Um, I thought I was going to get the Venus swimwear um, sponsorship. And Dude, I thought you were. A, I thought you were a dead ringer. I, I thought so too, but I don't know. But, uh, litigation i really can't talk about right now okay i understand so, uh, i understand you know. i understand we'll have the exclusive soon yeah yeah it's just it's hush hush right now yeah. <laughs> dude it's been a weird couple of weeks i i yeah. you know i got some backstory on your week you sound like you've had a fucking ringer <laughs> it's been it's been one for the books unfortunately so um but um yeah i mean uh i um had my uh my beloved scooter stolen um here in this city, it's it's uh, we have just as many scooters, I believe, as uh, people. Yeah, and, it's one um, for one. Yeah, and where I where I live, uh, that's the best way to get around, and it's I think I look pretty cool on it. I always rode around on it like I was Fonzie, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even yeah. though it's a you know it's a scooter, a little forty nine cc. But someone decided they needed it more than me, and they stole it, you know, up from my carport the other day. And um, in the course of hunting down some leads, my wife and and I um, got food poisoning. While we were eating some quick dinner the other night, God so damn it. so it was a not a local restaurant, but it was a chain. But I don't want to get. Can we say in the trouble. name? I don't think we can say the name. We can. Can we say what it rhymes with? We might be able to get away with that. Um, we maybe say what it rhymes with. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just describe it. M- maybe rhymes with Bendy's. Maybe they might have a mascot that's a redheaded pigtail girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe might be might be located. On uh, Western Street in Savannah, close to the to the I sixteen Highway. Yeah, I believe they're on a street that might be named after a very famous um, individual. Yeah, yeah. Um, who? Uh, yeah, who is no longer with us, but. dude? And fast food, <laughs> fast food, food poisoning is that's like I, yeah. I mean, what was it? You, what was it you told me earlier? That's like. Nothing like throwing up sober. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very telling thing, but it's but it's very true. Putting I'm, on it, putting on on a t shirt. That's what I was telling the wife. How I was like, you know, I know how to throw up drunk. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. throwing up sober. That is horrible. <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, yeah I'm me glad and you're back on. You know, you're enjoying your soda pop. Yeah, yeah. I wanted a uh, frosty soda pop because uh, you, you know when you're when you're in the throes of stomach issues. You don't really want a frozen soda pop. No, you know. no, not a frozen. You one. need you need a day off, and but it's good to see you're back. Yeah, I'm feeling back to normal, whatever normal is. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, would you like to key us in on yours? Dude. So for the past, oh, I, was, I was not supposed to cuss. I think I can go back. I think I can beat that. God, 
gosh darn it <laughs> well That's, we're, we're doing we're doing we're doing the nice boy 10 for youtubes because apparently that's what I've keyed in on some of the other podcasts I listen to and stuff is they they take 10 to 15 minutes of no swearing and that kind of helps them out like if they do have some ad yeah. revenue and I'm not saying we're there yet I mean that we just started no, but we, we've obviously lost one sponsor right now in the fast food business <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it's nice to get into the habit I think yeah um so Starting like midweek January, it's been it's been over a month now of just daily tooth pain, and I'm I'm one of those people that freaks out about my teeth because mm-hmm. I had a really bad experience when I was younger. When I was in my teenage years, I had like I went into the, for a dental checkup, and they said I had like I needed like eight fillings done. Mm-hmm. And that was my first, those were my first fillings, you know, with the drill and all that. I, so I come back in for a follow-up appointment and like, they're going to do all eight that day. Mm-hmm. They get through like three or four and their, their compressed air goes out. Mm. So, they're, and they're like in the middle of doing one of my fillings <laughs> and they have to do this like temp thing. And my tooth was so like, they got me back in as soon as they could, but it was just like, ever since then, I've just had a, like, dad should have clued, cued me into being, like, way better about my teeth. I think it made me worse about my teeth, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So, from, like, 16 to, like, early 20s really wasn't good. Should have been way better about dental hygiene. But the plus side is, is I, I started living with this guy who was my roommate. He's an older guy in his uh, 50s or early 60s. And he did all of his own dental work. And I was privy <laughs> to watching him <laughs> perform his own dental operation. And when I when I met him, he only had seven teeth. He had like four back mm-hmm. teeth. The four, so oh, well, yeah, eight, and then so nine or ten, something like that. Like one front tooth. Sounds and like he was really it, good at it. <laughs> he he got him out of there, but he, that one tooth in the front started bugging him one night, and and he had all kinds of issues and stuff. So he was on pain meds and shit. So it probably made it a little bit more easy. Mm-hmm. But what he would do is he took that front tooth and he wrapped a piece of rubber around it, and then he took some claw grip pliers, oh. gripped on the teeth, and then he would hit his fist. And I I watched him try to do this like seven or eight times finally he gets it out like all the way and it like you know it was like he seemed okay but it was like it was one of those moments where i was like okay well like i gotta start taking care of my teeth and like going to the dentist like even though i'm afraid of them and i don't Mm -hmm. like it it's either that or this Mm, yeah (laughs) wood shop (laughs) dentistry and i'm uh i cussed again Darn it. I'm gonna get I'm I'm gonna be better about it. You know what? This this episode's on me. Because of all you know, like you've just so, lost our entire church crowd. We've settled up <laughs> and <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, so like my dentist uh, he so through the course of this thing, I went for two weeks and seeing two different dentists, like same office, but mm-hmm. like they're they're checking with each other and they're like, There's no reason why you should be in pain. And then just after two weeks, finally they get an X-ray at a specific angle. It tells them one of my back molars is dead, mm-hmm. and it needs to come out. So they perform a root canal. Um, beginning of last week, mm-hmm. and 
I'm still in pain a couple days later and not like I, I've never had a root canal so I couldn't describe but it's like I was texting my dentist he was nice enough to give me his his personal cell phone number uh and I was like how much pain should I be in because I'm still I'm eating Aleve ibuprofen Tylenol like they're Tic Tacs mm-hmm. like I'm I am breaking the maximum dosage i'm breaking that like the hourly break i'm it's the only thing i can do to get through the day so he has me come back in because it's it's odd and he's like oh you have another dead tooth right next to it (laughs) and so then you know i'm scheduled to get the crown put in on the first root canal he did luckily like last thursday he he was like no we're just gonna root canal that other tooth like we got to get you out of pain I'm, it's been a couple days. I'm tentative because I still have weird teeth pain, but apparently a lot of dental work can cause that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it is better, but it's like it's hard to be optimistic because this has been <laughs> a back and forth of like I feel better. I feel like I got punched in the mouth. Like, yeah. and here's my theory on it. I th- so what happened was back in December, I chipped this front bottom tooth. Mm-hmm. I go into the dentist. They perform a crown. And I go back in to get the permanent crown put on in like January, Christmas break, like pushed it back and all that. So mm-hmm. I get the permanent crown put in and a filling had fallen out of that very back molar. Mm-hmm. So while I'm in there, he touches it up and he did d- whatever dentists do. And I think that's what caused the irritation on the dead tooth in the back. But because it's so close to the other one, there's like some like, it's hard to tell where the pain's coming from. Mm-hmm. He did a filling on that second to last tooth. And I think that's what started irritating that one. And then it was just like root canal, root canal. So I think- Like a chain reaction. I think that's what happened. And now it's like, it's hard to not be like, if there's any other pain in my mouth, it's like, how many fucking dead teeth are there? (laughs) You just, that that paranoia sets in. It sucks because, and here's for people who don't know, each root canal is two and a half thousand dollars with the crown. So- Ouch. It's, but it's one of those things. It's like you you can't not take care of it. It's not like you you hurt your ankle mm-hmm. and you can rest it. Like you need your mouth for everything. Yeah, yeah. To live. So it's just been. <laughs> Here's the structure of the episodes. We're we're using this time, and I've messed it up royally to not swear. <laughs> Good we're job, gonna, Brennan. Thanks. We're gonna recap the negatives of the week. <laughs> we're gonna go through the content. Uh, you know the the namesake of the show that's going to be the mm-hmm. big middle portion and then i think we'll wrap up with positives yeah i yeah. think that's the way to do it yeah yeah we'll get be. all get out all the negativity to make way mm-hmm. for the to make way for the the thing that we're here for the thing that we love right which could we, go either way but no right <laughs> <laughs> no just positive negative and then end on the positive notes yeah but. and just as on that um you know as we go through these these songs that we are um, going to critique Keep in mind that we are taking all this very positively. This isn't anything against the people who created this music or the people, or the who, people are, who like it or the people who are fans of this music. This is opinion only. And um, right. so, <laughs> yeah, and amateur opinions of that. <laughs> very amateur opinions. So just keep that in mind. It's, 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 it's all, you know, fun. fun yeah, games, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's two guys who really love music. Mm-hmm. We thought of this fun thing we can do with it. It's challenging. It's, mm-hmm. it's, very challenging, <laughs> <laughs> especially on your side of things as it stands right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, but we'll we'll get into that. But yeah, but yeah. it's all all opinions of people who don't have a degree in in music or uh, 
I got a degree in music. Uh, oh yeah, that's right, yeah. you do. <laughs> okay, from, well, from, from a guy who doesn't have sound a, design. <laughs> oh, I, I have a degree in you know being awesome. I'm just kidding. They kicked me out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kicked you out. Of, yeah, you, you got fired from Bendy's. Yeah, I got fired from Bendy's. I also don't have a degree in being funny, so uh, just keep that in mind. <laughs> I'm so excited to do this with you. I am too. I've been uh, really like after the week I've had. Yeah. It still couldn't bring me down because I was ready to get in here and do this today. Dude, same, same. I mean, exactly. Stealing was... nice things for me that I need, and you know, <laughs> crippling illness. Yeah. Still, I was like, no, nobody's killing my vibe. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's kind of like we were talking about earlier. It feel like it feels like you and I are pregnant. This mm-hmm. is our baby. We mm-hmm. fi- we're finally you know going to Lamont's classes or whatever it is. We're getting that baby out. Yeah, we're so. we're we're gonna nurture this baby. We're gonna take care of this baby. Hopefully, this baby. Become, makes us rich and famous. Yeah. And, you know, that's the goal. That's it the is. dream. And that's, I like that analogy. I'll say this real quick about something else that's actually going on right now. Um, my um, my brother-in-law and his wife are having a baby as we speak. Congratulations. Not in the studio. They're, they're yeah. in the hospital. They're out back. Yeah. <laughs> they're <laughs> yeah. in the warehouse. We left them in the truck. We gave her a stick to bite on. Yeah. She's going to be fine. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, hopefully everything goes well. Good luck, guys. Love you. I'm ready to be Uncle Johnny again. So. Yeah, Uncle but Johnny number two, three, number three. Three, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we we already have a, a beautiful niece and nephew. From yeah, another another in law. So yeah. three times uncle. Three times. Put uncle. that on a patch. Put it on a shirt. I will. I will. I've yet another mind too corrupt. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, what what's the proper age to introduce them to Slayer? Is that like six weeks? Six months. Six months. Yeah, they can't get. Yeah, they're just, they're not yeah. ready for that tempo at six weeks. But six months. Six months. Yeah. Perfect. Out of the womb. Out of the womb. You're gonna give that baby. <laughs> a, you're gonna give that baby arrhythmia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, on music. Let's get into it. How do? You, All right. Uh, we were think. Here's another thing we were thinking is like eventually getting like one of those challenge coins. Yeah. Like a limit on one side, record on the other. I looked into it. I think we could. I think if we put in. An order for like, I mean, they had like the sizing options and stuff, and like mm-hmm. for like fifty coins at like an inch and a half, which is like, that's about an inch and a half. Like that's a pretty decent sized coin. We could do like forty nine of those, and yeah. then for us, do like a three incher, mm-hmm. and then like that's our coin, and then we just give the get the little ones out. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, but that that'd be a good way to get into like to, just to pick. But mm-hmm. how, how do you want to do it this time? Um, a, I have no opposition to anything. I don't either, and I don't have a coin on me because. Um, I think I got a pick. Okay. <coughs> Heads and tails. Sure. Call it in the air. Heads. And it is. Tails. It's tails. So, so you're do first. I do, do I do, do I go first or do I do do I defer? Um, it's up to you. <laughs> we and, didn't even discuss the rules of the coin. Yeah, flip. yeah. We're and and I don't know. Um, we're, yeah, we're gonna do this kind of on the fly. But yeah. I was thinking you do a song, I do a song, you do a song. I like it. That way, break it up. That yeah, way, yeah, yeah. you don't get like twenty minutes of airtime, and I'm just over here. I'm yeah, <laughs> well, I'll, ta- I'll talk about. I'm over taking a nap. <laughs> talking talking about them Jonas Brothers. All day. Oh. I can spend twenty minutes on the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, they're they're going to be our special guest next week. They're coming in. Yeah, coming yeah, they're going to come in. <laughs> can't, so, can't back that up, but <laughs> so I'm going to say, dude, let's start it off. Let's start it off. Number one song in America right now, uh, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, "Driver's License." So, I p- <laughs> <laughs> this I think in terms of the music that we pitched this week. Mm-hmm. 
it couldn't have been more perfect for like the inaugural episode to like have music farther apart yes, yes. Than, than this. And I thought, what better way to start than with the top three songs in America? Because I mean, that's kind of, I think that gives us a good indication mm-hmm. on what's popular. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, it worked out perfect because you were kind of looking back to some stuff. I was in the very right now. Mm-hmm. It kind of shows us where America and a lot of countries are in terms of their music taste. Yeah. So... Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license and I didn't give you any challenges for any of the 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 music I pitched this week I just wanted you to watch the YouTube videos yeah yeah and dude first impressions tell me about it um first of all um I've never heard of of this young lady and I did some research after I listened to the song and watched the video and it I know I never heard of her she was a a Disney Channel Mm -hmm. uh, star and and all that stuff um, the song itself, um, she she has a very pleasant voice. I would agree. And normally I wouldn't base anything on the music video. It was, you know, just the music video was uh, just kind of like run of the mill. I wasn't really yeah. impressed with the visuals of the music video. So I really won't get into it too much. The song itself, first of all, I want to say that I was very impressed that it only had two songwriters. It was her and her producer are yes. the ones who wrote the song. Yeah. And when we live in an era where you have, you know, 15 people writing a song and it's still mm-hmm. not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the song was, it was kind of a very low-key ballad. Um, I feel like, you know, we've all kind of been there as far as the lyrics. If you, if you guys don't know the song, it's basically a, a, a breakup song. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this girl has um, broken up with her boyfriend. He broke up with her and... All she can talk about is how they were going to get their driver's license and be able to drive around and spend the summer together, as you know, young couples do. Mm-hmm. And he apparently broke up with her right before she got her driver's license, so now she's um, so brokenhearted. She's driving around in his neighborhood, I'm guessing, and just thinking about things. You know, typical teenage stuff. Lyrically, um, it sounds like it was written by a teenager. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not I don't well, mean that in, a, in a negative way. Yeah, it was, definitely was. <laughs> and it's honestly, to me, I think uh, as far as who this song is written for, uh, if you're older than like 14 years old, uh, this is totally not anything I think is up your alley. And and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just, it's they're, they're very adolescent lyrics. But I mean... Teenagers and tweens, they they need breakup songs. Are you telling me that you do not relate to this eighteen year old pop Disney princess? I don't. And and, <laughs> and her honestly, experience. Yeah. Have no, you never been in love, Jonathan? Actually, uh when I was um about sixteen, seventeen. When I, your boyfriend broke up with you in <laughs> high school. <laughs> I had to change schools. No, no. When I was sixteen, seventeen, I actually went through my my first real breakup. Mm-hmm. But when I was 16 and 17, my breakup, actually, album, oddly enough, was Alice in Chains' Dirt. Interesting. And Stone Temple Pilots' Core. Okay. Um, that's what got you through. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you, like, that's what got, you weren't like, oh, I see, okay, I, I got you, I got you. Yeah, you get the, the correlation. I was <laughs> not listening to music like Red this. Red light, green light. <laughs> 
Maybe a little testament was that thrown bri- in there. That bridge hits hard, man. I gotta <laughs> say, dude. <laughs> but I will, I will give her this. I mean, it's it's a well constructed, nice little simple song. Yeah, and I mean that in a complimentary way. I'm sure, especially a, a female mm-hmm. in the teen tween ages, probably could uh, really enjoy this song because. When you're that age, and I, I remember this, when you're 16, 17, and you go through your first breakup, you know, you're never going to find love again. Mm-hmm. It's all, you know, I just had Lane Staley screaming in my ear yeah, yeah, to yeah. help me get through yeah. it. <laughs> and and not this this style of music. But I'm not I'm not a fan of this style of music. But, um, you know, I applaud her for, you know, basically writing the bulk of this song. I think her producer just kind of, uh, tweaked it with her. That that's kind of seems what it mm-hmm. like sound. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. But so. I mean this this song smashed all kinds of records. I mean like youngest female artist to like top the charts that way. Like yeah. It it char- I I could be wrong about this again. Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. This ain't no research paper. Mm-mm. Um, but I th- it, it certified double platinum. It came out January fourth. So yeah, less than two months ago. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. This is a weird fact. It broke the single most plays in one day as a non-holiday song on Spotify. She crushed all kinds of streaming platform records. I mean, it. I think in terms of like when you when you talk about an audience who is consuming popular music right now, this was like the perfect age range kind of song. Mm -hmm. It's it was really well constructed. It's really clean. Mm -hmm. It's it's got a lot of like. Um, I think attractive elements like like you know sort of like these dreamy kind of transitions from mm-hmm. you know verse to chorus to bridge. I mean that bridge is massive. Yeah, and I think I think the reason why it's so successful is because it speaks to so many people, and that's yeah. ca- that's yeah. what pop music is. Yeah, it's popular because it's in the zeitgeist. It's what people want to hear. And for me, I actually really liked it. I felt like I could. Here's what I'll say: Whoever broke her heart is regretting that shit now. Oh yeah, but she yeah. wouldn't have gone double platinum had he not broken her heart. So I feel like she owes him some money. That's uh-huh. just my misogynist. Rub his face in it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what she. That's my do. misogynist point of view. No, go full Stevie uh, Nicks. Make him, you know, oh, put yeah. his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, but, yeah. oh, speaking of Stevie Nicks, I saw this this meme, and I'm sure people have seen it, but it was it was uh, it was one of those like uh, typed out ones, like nobody. Mm-hmm. It's or it was like somebody. What if we took a group of people that hated each other, put them in a room full of guitars and cocaine, and Fleetwood Mac? First of all, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, you know, I like the song. I really okay, enjoy okay. it. Uh, I think. The majority of people like the song. Yeah, well, I, obviously, obviously. To to speak to the the songs that I pitched to you this week, I did offer you an apology. Yeah, you and did. that is the one, that is the one apology you get, and it's not because I feel like I'm pitching you bad music. I just mm-hmm. know that it's music you wouldn't enjoy. Right. But that's the fun of and, it. And uh, honestly, and and we'll get to it. I don't think this is the song that you should have apologized for. This wasn't the song I okay, apologized okay, okay. for. There's we'll, a song we'll, we'll, that we'll I apologized for. We will get to that in due time. But, I, you know. I, I, let's just say one and three I don't apologize for. Two okay. I apologize for. I was about to say, there's there's two that you do not have to apologize for. There's one that you do, and we will 
We will I've apologized. I have, but but uh, I'm, I took it with a grain of salt. I did. I was not offended. It just happened to be number two. Trish told me when I was listening to him. She said, "This is what you signed up for," and I said, "You know what? You are absolutely right. <laughs> I love it. You know, this is great. This is a challenge. Yeah, so, but it's it's a labor of love. It is. It is. And just for reference i mean and people are going to figure this out based on your pitches Mm -hmm. you're not to say you have a like a niche Mm -hmm. category of music that you like but pop music especially modern pop music is not your wheelhouse it's about Mm -hmm. as far from it as you can get yeah i'm the more like like just let like as a like as kind of a single hunter and a deep diver, it's like, I'm kind of just game for whatever. Right. And right. I'm not going to like, not that you're closed off or no, closed no, minded. No, no, it's just no like, means. I'm going to, I'm the guy that can like, look at the, look at the painting of the guy who like spun the canvas and threw up on it. Mm-hmm. I'll find some element of that that I'll like. Yeah. Whereas you're just going to stare at that dude and be like, <laughs> dude. Sometimes. That's kind of the, that's in terms of like, how we express or how mm-hmm. we we listen to music to express ourselves like right. that's the difference is yeah. like we're both op- we both love music we both mm-hmm. are very open minded to it i think you just how should, how do i put it it's you're cuz like i said you're not closed off from it you're not an you're not an asshole about it no 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 i just it's not in my my wheelhouse yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe i'm just not used to it yeah yeah, yeah yeah like with this song in particular and we'll we'll I'll make the statement to kind of close this song out. Um, I enjoyed, and I mean this is a compliment. I enjoy the simplicity of it. Yeah, I and mean, you have to think yeah. some songs are very simple. Mm-hmm. Now, is this a song that I would have listened to on my own? No, it's this song wasn't written for me. Mm-hmm. And but if it was if it was written for you, more power to you. It was written and, for me. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> well, here's the thing: it's like <laughs> I I had a lot of. Uh, I had a connection with this song just because I felt like I was on the other end of it. Cause I broke a girl's heart in high school and don't get me wrong. Like I would have rather her gone and made this song yeah. than do what she did. Cause she screamed through my mailbox and my father had to threaten to call the cops on her. But that being said, <laughs> a lot of positives can come from a breakup. But like, I mean, I, I wrote songs when yeah. I was that age. Like yeah, I was the dude, yeah. like I was the dude, like putting in that work to try to, you know, mm-hmm. so I can empathize with the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. I and can too. thank God the girl that I broke up with in high school didn't go double platinum yeah. <laughs> within a couple of years was... of our breakup. I'm assuming she got her driver's license at like 16, 17. So it's been like two or a year or two. Yeah. And then she goes double platinum. It's like, it kind of seems like it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, at least something good came of this. <laughs> Dude, something <laughs> real fucking good. Yeah. God damn. But, um, I'm gonna yeah. text Sam to break up with me so I can go double platinum. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it works like that at, at our age. Well, maybe not at my age. Uh, yeah. Don't squash my dreams, okay. Jonathan. You do I'm that. Disney, I'm not. I'm not texting I'm my wife anything Disney, like that. Disney even pop princess. Even joking because I don't want to have to pull all my records out of the front yard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After she set fire to them, dude. I'm gonna get in people's <laughs> face about me being a Disney pop princess. Like I'm gonna put my hand on your chest. <laughs> I'm gonna walk into those corporate offices. Like, you can't tell me. I'm keeping the beard, but oh yeah. Anyway, oh. like you said, caper capping off the song, driver's it, license. It's um, thumbs up for me, man. I mean, it's it's not for me, but if 
for anyone that this falls into their category, if you're of of a certain age and you know you 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 know what this feels like, then I would definitely I would give it a recommend. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not, this is going to be on so many girls like yeah girl. breakup playlist. They're gonna like the their fifteen year old mm-hmm. uh, boyfriend's gonna break up. They're they're gonna break up with them. And gonna, I just your driver's license got me through that time. Be quoting this in the yearbook mm-hmm. and things like that. So, but yeah, for for now I drive alone <laughs> past your street. Yeah, you're kind of stalking. But, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, there's you know we all there's, that at there's that age. legal things that can prevent you from doing that. Yeah. Don't violate your restraining well, order, Olivia. As long as Olivia. she stays, yeah, yeah. As long as she stays in her car, she's. I mean, she's pushing it. She is. Those sheriff's deputies aren't she's, playing. She's eighteen now, so she's tried as an adult. She Olivia, needs to remember that. <laughs> don't, don't be the bigger person. Don't scream through his mailbox. Just make, yeah, just make another, another song. His father's a good man, but he's not a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dude, moving on. Let's moving do it. on. So uh, the first one that I threw at you. Pick it. I've got it right here. It is uh, the song is called "This Is Not an Exit." Mm, yes, by uh, Big Four Thrash mm-hmm. Band Anthrax. It's off their um, what would uh, be a considered their comeback album in 1993 called "Sound of White Noise." Comeback album, as in they had just changed lead singers. They had uh, fired. Longtime singer Joey Belladonna, who was considered part of the classic lineup, and hired on former Armored Saint vocalist John Bush. And I feel like they created something quite amazing with John Bush. He is no longer with them. They got r- rid of him and brought actually brought Joey Belladonna back. Mm-hmm. But um, Sound of White Noise kind of gave them their first taste of success. It had the, the single Only, which I'm sure anyone who's my age remembers when Only came out. It's a great heavy metal song. James Hetfield actually called it the perfect metal song. Interesting. But a lot of this record is all good deep cuts. And this one in particular, um, I really enjoy it because it's 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 a good, fast, thrashing song. Also, and I don't know if you picked up on this, the song is written about the novel American Psycho. Interesting. Okay, I so I like kind of did some diving into some people's thoughts on it, and some mm-hmm. people said like interview with a vampire series or something, and some people, but like people were making a novel connection. Yeah. In so fact, the last line in the novel is "This is not an exit." That's the last oh, line in the book. Okay. Is, this is not an exit, and this is now. Keep in mind, this is about the book. This song came out in 1993. The movie didn't come out until 1999. Mm-hmm. So they and Anthrax was always good about they liked writing about like Stephen King novels. Mm-hmm. So for them to write this really cool song about a book that most people weren't familiar with until the movie came out many years later. Mm-hmm. But it's basically verbatim like like the last part of the of the book American Psycho. Interesting. So, okay. But um, I mean, how did it how did it tickle you? First impressions. Yeah. I uh. I had to get used to it a little bit. And this is typical of me with metal music is mm-hmm. I always like the instrumentation because mm-hmm. I view mm-hmm. it just kind of as like, uh, don't hate me for saying this, but like mm. like like beats mm-hmm. for hip hop. Like I always like the instrumentation because I just love music. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love metal for. And what can kind of make or break it for me is like, 
maybe the the vocals can sometimes make or break it for me and sometimes like how the song's constructed mm-hmm. but you know so i listened to it the first time i was like okay i definitely wouldn't rank this highest on like my list of all-time favorites but mm-hmm. then i i can't I you know i wanted to like i'm not gonna write it off like that this i'm the single guy you're the deep cut guy i was mm-hmm. like i have to put myself in that mindset so had a super nice day wednesday first sunny day that was actually warm mm-hmm. so i i created oh by the way i created a playlist for us on spotify so Perfect. people can follow that it's uh <coughs> it's just going to be the acronyms of our show lsd and then c in parentheses Perfect. i thought it'd be lsd parentheses and oh and <laughs> we're gonna excuse us while we go hang ourselves <laughs> but um uh i was walking around i made the playlist of my songs that i pitched your songs that you pitched pitched so there's six songs on the playlist in total and i was like i'm gonna just walk around with my shirt off like a tough guy and go fight somebody and i found this old lady no and so uh (laughs) i was just walking around trying to build up a a base tan because as you can see i got some fluorescent skin you can see almost down to the bone (laughs) and I listened to it again and I was like, I'm going to put myself in John's shoes as mm-hmm. not as old as I would have been in 94 when this came out. 94? 93? 93. So, yes. so I would have been one and a half. And, uh, <coughs> okay. So I was, I was 40. So I put so. myself, but like, I, <laughs> I put myself in the shoes of like, I'm going to a show and I'm seeing anthrax and they're, good in, within the circle but maybe not as well known as they will eventually become like mm-hmm. I, and i i listened to it i was like i'm getting in that fucking mosh pit when mm-hmm. they, this is not an accident this is, so i was like okay i i know what this is because i think you know a lot of times you, you experience bands where they they write this thing and it makes them massively successful mm-hmm. and then they just try to bottle that light recapture that bottle lightning over and over and over again and it just never quite works out this isn't that this is them having fun this is them being artists this is them experimenting mm-hmm. this is what a lot of i feel like metal at that time was doing which is like how do we how do we make that Mm-hmm. How do we? How do we? How do we bottle that lightning? Yeah. And that's what this was, because it's like it's got some tempo change stuff in there. It's got some rhythm change stuff in there. I really like the the percussive breakdown for just those like eight bars or sixteen bars of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really started to enjoy it. I really started digging the vocals, sort of that kind of like grungy era, mm-hmm. uh, like holding notes in the beginning and then the like really thrashy like almost just spoken word kind of stuff at the end. Like I, I found love for this song. Okay, good. I, good. I, I started <coughs> having fun. I, I saw it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, one thing that I'll say with like a lot of the music that I make, I'm not that like, like trying to, I'm not a formulaic guy. Mm-hmm. I want to do something different every time. And I think that's what's so cool about mm-hmm. this song is it's, it's very different from, uh, a lot of metal music that I have listened to. Like, I think they did take a lot of creative risk and I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's, it's actually different from a lot of stuff that's on that actual album. Yeah. 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 So, and yeah. I didn't, I, I, I'm hesitant to like look further into bands sometimes mm-hmm. because I want there to be the possibility of you still pitching songs. Like I, 
because like that'd be great to hear another deep cut off of this album. So I didn't want to, and not next week, but right, I right, wanted right. that option available. But I've actually seen Anthrax live. Yeah, uh, there were my buddy and I. We went down to Orlando. We saw Slayer, and there was a bunch of bands playing. And Anthrax happened to be the third band. And here's a little sidebar, but this I felt kind of sad about this because all the bands that played, there's like five bands, and I'll go through them eventually. But one of the other pitches this week was another band, so I'm mm-hmm. going to save that surprise. They all had the the backdrop, mm-hmm. you know, behind the the, the bandstand, like the, with their like logo and like a cool graphic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt so bad about this. Anthrax's was so cool because it was like all these skulls with like, I think I'm remembering it correctly. It was like crowns, and it's just like a like a cool kind of like pattern, like almost like a um, a print pattern. Mm-hmm. But the saddest thing was like in all four <coughs> corners of the the uh, backdrop was a monster lo- monster energy logo. Oh and I was gosh! Like, oh no! Like because it's it, I think as you spoke, they're like one of the four pillars yeah. of metal music. I feel like Anthrax gets the the short end of the stick a lot. Like, I feel like they're like kind of the redheaded stepchild because people have so, and you know, the Megadeth fans, the Slayer fans, the Metallica fans will go to war for their, their number one. Mm -hmm. But it's always, I always feel like the Anthrax guys are like, just people are like, get the, get out of here. Yeah. They get a lot of that. And, and be honest with you, this era of Anthrax with John Bush as a singer and I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this, but that's my favorite era. And I grew up on the original era, the thrash era. Mm-hmm. I loved what John Bush brought to the band. And uh, kind of a well-known fact, you might know this, um, when Metallica was recording their second record, Ride the Lightning, mm-hmm. John Bush is the one they asked to take over as lead singer. Really? So James Hetfield could uh, concentrate on playing guitar, and John Bush turned them down because he was still in his band, Armored Saint, which is another great metal band you'll probably have to I'll listen probably have to. Soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's just because he's got such his voice has not changed in like forty years. Like mm-hmm. John Bush still has that raspy, like bluesy metal voice. It's like this kind of sounds like the kind of guy that, you know, chugs whiskey and smokes, you know, unfiltered cigarettes all day long. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's just that permanent, awesome, like gravelly voice. Gotta do what you gotta do to maintain, brother. Yeah. And and he may or may not do that. I don't know, but it's if he does, it's still working for yeah. him. Yeah. So and correct me if I'm wrong. So Metallica, Northern California. Yeah. Uh, same with Slayer. Or, yeah. Slayer's Los Angeles. Sl- Slayer's Los Angeles, but Megadeth was in that Northern California area as well. Megadeth is actually Los Angeles based. as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. B- and then Anthrax is East Coast, if I'm New not York wrong. New York City. New York City. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, do you think that plays into it, like yeah. the distinction at all? Because like those guys on the West Coast are kind of, all, well, and obviously you know, um, why can't I think of his name? The lead of Megadeth. Oh, Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine. He was in Metallica, mm-hmm. got kicked out, and there, you know, there's a rivalry there. Like, I, j- I, j- I always feel bad for Anthrax because I've, I, li- I really enjoyed their set. You know, yeah. I'll, I mean, I've, I've, I would have given them high fives. I would have been like, good set, dude. Look. I saw him back uh, when they still had Bush in yeah. the band, and, uh, and I think I touched on this a while back, but th- it was a great show. But it was when the the, the bottle got thrown on stage. Oh, and Scotty and freaked out. Yeah, and they yeah. ended the show early, but yeah. um, but yeah, but I think with the 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 difference in like the the West Coast bands and then Anthrax is they were influenced by a lot of the same British metal, mm-hmm. but their punk influences are what you have to look at. 
the West Coasters were influenced by West Coast punk and hardcore. Okay. And the New York bands were influenced by more of your New York punk, New York hardcore style, which are different, obviously. Right. And so that's where it kind of changed. Okay. While their sound was a little bit different. Yeah. And, you know, you've got like Metallica was heavily influenced by the likes of like Iron Maiden mm-hmm. and Lizzie. And Anthrax was influenced more by Kiss, the Ramones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get that little contrast in their sound. It's still good sound either way. And Slayer was just Birth of the Devil. Yeah. Straight yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> and Megadeth was influenced by uh, heroin. But mm-hmm. I, I'm kidding. I love Megadeth. I'm, and jazz. <laughs> and heroin and jazz. Heroin yeah, and yeah jazz. they did have a lot of jazz drummers and musicians, but. So. I feel like you needed it for some of that music Mustaine was writing. Yeah. So, oh, un- yeah. so such underrated writing. Oh, very much yeah. so. Yeah. One day but, I'll find some Megadeth deep cuts for you, but yeah. those are hard to come by because, I mean, Megadeth Well, is... luckily for you, the only album that I'm really familiar with, at, like, outside of the hits, is, like, Symphony of Destruction. Mm. And I feel like that was, like, one of their bigger albums. Yeah, that was... So, uh... I'm not going to know a lot of Megadeth. Well, we're going to work yeah. on that song. And, and I, you know, <laughs> I've absolutely heard it, but I might not remember it. Like, they're not a they're not a band I typically listen to. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't really listen to, I mean, any of them. Hmm. Re- I mean, really. Because I'm, I, again, the metal is not a music I really deep dive in. A couple of the, I mean, obviously we've talked about Tool, mm-hmm. uh, Gojira. They're new. They're oh, a yeah, they have newer. a new record coming out. Yep. Um, Lamb of God, mm-hmm. stuff from like more of that era, which I feel like is like they were the guys kind of taking over after Slayer mm-hmm. and Megadeth and Metallica kind of like not peaked, but on their rise, that's when these other bands kind of started rising just because of my age. Yeah, they're the next level. The right, next right. Yeah. The next generation. Yeah, the next yeah. generation. And it's just a natural progression. Right, so, right, right. You know. So... And like, I mean, a lot of the in-betweens, I'm not super familiar, like not super familiar with like Pantera, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. anything along those along those lines. So a lot of uh, deep cut opportunities in the metal sphere. Well, we will, we will definitely uh, poke that bear. All right. Because <laughs> there's a lot in there. I'm, I'm down. All right. So let's, uh, let's get your final words on this while I get prepared for the inevitable. <laughs> I think I think just kind of speaking to what I was just talking about, I think this is a if you're not gonna commit to something like we've committed to mm-hmm. with this podcast, I think this is a hard sell for people from my generation in terms of like it, I, I'm sure there's the the guys my age who are just fans of the classic and the new stuff and they just you know they just love it and they bathe in it and they brush their teeth with it Mm -hmm. but metal is so different now that this just is like i don't think somebody would like stumble upon this but that's kind of the i mean this is a deep cut and it's a very deep cut but i re like I, i will say this I like it now. I had to. I had to learn to love it. Mm-hmm. This was not love at first sight. No. This was. I had to find things I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm really glad I did, and that's. I think that's kind of the point of the podcast is like <laughs> falling in love with music that you might not necessarily mm-hmm. like 
because I had to listen to this song, mm-hmm. I think I, I got some inspiration from it as opposed to like, had I heard it on a algorithmic playlist, I may have skipped it. You, you know? probably would have. I mean, so, and, 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 and that's why I chose that deep cut off that album because it's not an instant love. Yeah, yeah. And there's a reason, like, they, I mean, that's the last song on the album. Yeah. Like, that's the very end, and I think it was just one of those where it's it's definitely one that it's either going to grow on you or it's not, but it's not. Even me as a fan, mm-hmm. that wasn't immediately like, oh, yeah, this is this is the best song on the record, or, mm-hmm. you know, it had to grow on me also. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's you know the, the the rhythm is different. It's there's a lot going on, yeah. and then there's not a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But I would definitely like I would say in terms of who I would recommend this for. If you're somebody like me who listens to a lot of the new, not new metal but the newer metal mm-hmm. that's out here now, and you want to kind of look back and t- take a dive into some of these deep cuts, this is a good spot to do it. Like a, a mm-hmm. record like that, a song like that, th- that's a cool spot to try to get. Like I would say, if you don't like this song. You're probably not gonna like a lot from that from that era. Am I am I wrong? No, I think you're you're pretty close. Yeah. I mean that this was, and actually I'll touch on this more with another song in a little bit. But this was kind of that era where, for a short period of time, and it's all based around when Metallica's Black album came out in '91. Mm-hmm. Heavy metal bands that weren't normally on the radio were starting to put out these albums that were on the radio, and, and Anthrax kind of caught the tail end of that mm-hmm. everyone thinks that grunge took over in 91 but there was actually a parallel between grunge and that style music i hate that term but i'm just going to say it to, to lump them together but at the same time metallica's black album came out at the same time and that had bands like metallica megadeth anthrax and other bands that weren't normally on the radio they had their time the only thing that uh, grunge killed was the hair metal it didn't mm-hmm. do anything to what used to be thrash metal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, there's another, another one on the list that we'll get to that it falls a lot stronger in that okay. category. And why don't you like the term grunge? If I might ask, it's uh, it's too too broad of a term. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind the term. It's just, do you think people just kind of use it as a catch-all, yeah. especially now? Yeah, it's a catch-all. Like just like the Seattle sound. Yeah, and I've seen like people where they had these groups of all Seattle bands and there's like bands that aren't even from Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Who they'll throw in there. And I'm like, well, these guys aren't even from Seattle or from, from fucking the, Portland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or these guys are from Los Angeles. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not the same. And, and it's like comparing, you know, Pearl Jam to, uh, I don't know, even Alice in Chains. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're both great bands, but they, uh, very different styles, very different very, philosophies, yeah, like completely different. Yeah. So I don't think it's a fair, Thing I mean, Sir Mixlot was from Seattle. Is he? Uh, is he grunge? Well, he was pretty cool though. But I think <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not dissing Sir Mixlot. But... I, w- I was just thinking about the question. I, w- I would say yes. Was he from Seattle? Yeah, nineties. Yeah, yeah. Grunge. He's, yeah, well, late eighties. Grunge. Sir Mixlot. He's from Fucking Seattle. Starbucks. The presidents of the United States of America. Lump. They're from Seattle. Grunge. Jimi Hendrix is from Seattle. Grunge. <sighs> Heart is from early Seattle. grunge. Queensrÿche is from Seattle. Early grunge. Early. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we were getting way off on here. All right, recommend or not? Oh, or you already said you yeah, know. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I sorry. like. I think if you have a, I'm I'm a big believer in knowing your history, <laughs> mm-hmm. and if it's a style of music you love, and I, you know, I don't. I'm not one of those people that's going to bash you if you show up 
wearing the the band shirt. Like, how many, what albums do you know? What songs do you know? You know, kind of shit. That's kind of how think, we met, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you if you love stuff, you love stuff, and right. if you, I this is a great thing to look into. If you if you are a metal enthusiast, if you like hard rock and if you like thrash metal, look at the roots. Like, look at where shit comes from. Because, like, I hate it when people do the whole, like, for example, this this person on Facebook one time was like, this is a little outside of the wheelhouse, but he was saying he couldn't believe that some people thought Tupac was better than Kendrick Lamar. And I had issue with that because I'm, how do you compare the two? They're two different eras. Mm-hmm. Like, Kendrick was, like, nine when Tupac died. Something like that. So it's like, it's sort of, you know, for sports analogies, it's like comparing guys that never didn't play in the same era. Mm -hmm. And this is like, sort of like, if you, oh, Anthrax sucks, like they're not as good as, I mean, and I know they're still playing, they're still active, but in terms of like the music they were making in the 90s, well, that informed the music they're making in 2014 and 18 and even now. Like all of this is linear and Mm -hmm. as, and a very complex web of influences. So to just write stuff off, I think is 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 closed minded. And I think I think the best way to to appreciate music is to learn where the music you love come from. So right. I would definitely recommend this. Okay, sorry, awesome. that was a long winded way That's of saying okay. it. Okay, now I guess it's time to get to the. Uh, if it's up, then it's up, then the it's up, elephant then in it's the room. Stuck. If it's up, dude, don't tell me you didn't like this song. My second pitch to you, number two, Cardi B's up. Um, now, Cardi B is the first one on the list of three that I'd, I'd heard of her. Um, I uh, had the pleasure of becoming familiar with some of her music over the summer. Um, dude, for, there's a there's a kids' pop version of uh, WAP, by the way. Dude, there's there's wings and pizza. <laughs> I just. I I was I half thought about doing WAP in a couple of weeks, but I was like, I mean, nah. Don't don't. I mean, and that's a, that's that is, that is kind of. But now that you said don't, now now you made me want. You're to. gonna make me Here's, listen to that song again. I will I will just say this. This song came out February fifth. Mm-hmm. That was like a week after my dental pain started. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Dude, first impressions. Um, I'll be honest with you. I I absolutely hate it. <laughs> But and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> okay, not give me your fine. Not just yeah. to jump on the bandwagon of people who don't like Cardi B. Like I said, I don't, I don't know anything about her. Um, number one, um, and this is uh, one of the songs where I, I listened to it, um, watched the music video, I looked up the lyrics, read the lyrics, and and I'm looking here now, and it took six people to write this song. Six people wrote this song. Okay. Um, even <laughs> even after reading the lyrics, those people are Cardi B, Jordan Thorpe, Joshua Baker, producer DJ Schwanko, Young Dizza, and Sean Island. Yes, <laughs> I, get credit um, where credits due. I still did not get this song. I mean, I I, I get the gist of it. Um, I made you watch the music video. I know too. The, the music and the, the music video was just. Uh, Honestly, it was a generic, flashy hip hop music video. It's kind of like that, like Willy Wonka sort of, yeah. very hyper colorized and and just anything that can shock you, they threw it in there. And that's that's how I'm kind of looking at this. The lyrics, um, 
are full of shock value or want to be shock value than anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I don't know of an adult who would be singing along to this song. I'm, I'm, well, maybe you, this, this <laughs> literally lyrically, this is okay. <laughs> These lyrics honestly make steel Panther sound like Bob Dylan. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have some of the most adolescent pedestrian lyrics in the world. Yeah, They're yeah. also very filthy, but I love steel Panther because it's, it's not, so much mm -hmm. and you know me I have a high tolerance for anything I didn't it, it was just it just felt like she was just pulling out the full bag of tricks of what words and statements can I throw out here to to be shocking mm -hmm. and it just came over as sort of like hypersexualization very okay. and it was just it just it it didn't have anything to it I mean, it was literally just a bunch of words, and that was it. I mean, I don't, I still have no idea what she was talking about, other than the obvious things she's talking about, but I don't know what the context is. Yeah, it's really fast, too. <coughs> it's hard to like. Yeah, that's why I had to read the lyrics. And even then, I was just like, okay, this is, I'm still, sorry. Still I don't, I don't mean, head. I know, I sound like I'm just being really. You kind of need, you need one of those like Disney music videos with like little ball that helps yeah. you like with what she's saying there was just, so fast and this i'm sure this is for someone yeah like like there's a fan base for her obviously oh yeah she's very two. very popular yeah, yeah. yeah i don't know who those people are <laughs> <laughs> and if 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 you love this song that's that's awesome that's great i just you know there's absolutely nothing that i could bring out of this song other than you know, let's see how many, you know, I don't even know the word I'm looking for right now. It's, it's like beyond shocking. But then the thing is, it's not even shocking. Like you can't be shocked because it's so shocking. Yeah. Well, the words, I mean, you can hear people say these same words on the street and they're like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. You're not shocking me as a woman who's, you know, I'm, I'm guessing she's, 20s maybe maybe she's in her 30s I think she's in her 30s yeah I mean these are these are words that you hear on the playground and sentences you would hear on the playground and what playgrounds are you hanging out at <laughs> <laughs> public schools yeah <laughs> well actually I don't hang on to playgrounds There's, anymore yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you know, 30 years That's ago very very let's be very clear about that yeah but and I don't even want to go LSDC over her lyrics does not hang out at playgrounds no because I, I, I want us to get uh you know, I don't want us to lose any monetization we might ever get. <laughs> but yeah, I just I found nothing redeeming about this song. Um it's just to me, it was it was a struggle to listen to it. <laughs> but if if it's this the, is for it's, you it's the one apology you get. Yeah. And for it took six and... people to put this together. There's a lot of words though. But <laughs> it was a lot of the same words. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know, up, people say, well, up, she's being a, up, you know, a strong woman and she's, okay, let me give you an example of someone who predates her and who was also a strong woman and who was also very frank in a lot of her songwriting and lyrics, uh, a wonderful young lady by the name of Lita Ford. Not familiar. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to, tell, tell the audience who Lita, Lita Ford, Ford is. 
Uh, she uh, started out life as one of the guitar players for the Runaways in the 70s. And when she branched out on her own, she is a... Back in the 80s, we uh, addressed her as the godmother of heavy metal. Mm-hmm. If Ozzy's the godfather of heavy metal, Lita Ford is the godmother of heavy metal. And she was just raw, you know, out there in your face. She was a woman who wasn't afraid to write the same kind of songs that the her male counterparts were writing. Mm-hmm. And she did it with, you know, she's a guitar slinger. She's just tough. She was like she would shoot beat you up on your first date. Mm-hmm. And you would be like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. still have a crush on Lita Ford. Okay. But, you know, she had the song Kiss Me Deadly mm-hmm. in the oh, 80s. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm talking about now. Yes. She did a duet with Ozzy, uh, Close My Eyes Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and she's still around. She's still just as nasty and awesome and, you know. But she owned it. And she didn't have to throw out a million different versions of the same word. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it was very empowering. Mm-hmm. And I think she opened the door for people like now, like Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, mm-hmm. who I also think she's another great example of a new of someone maybe our listeners have heard of. <laughs> very in touch with, with being a woman and not afraid to, you know, chalk it up like the boys do. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, do it without trying to have like, you know, eighth grade shock value. Could I could I posit this? Mm-hmm. Uh, just this, just a thought. In the same way that you're talking about these women and this specific style of music, sort of not afraid to sort of push against the 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 gender roles in terms mm-hmm. of, or like the um to push against the norm of like, well, guys write music like that. Why can't right. I write music like that? Right. Could this potentially be like, because I mean, rap, hip hop, they, there's definitely, especially post 2000, definitely got a reputation as like there being a lot of like violent lyrics, a lot of mm-hmm. sexually suggestive lyrics, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of male presence in hip hop. Could this just potentially be Cardi B doing the same thing? It is. And, and yeah. just to, on a note, you know, when, when the male counterpart does the same thing, I don't like that either. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and it's not all the hip-hop artists or rock or metal artists, whatever. I don't want to single anybody out. But it's the same thing. I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, it comes over the same way to me, no matter what gender they are. Sure. It's just a lot of Yeah, I don't don't like, I put it this way, like, I don't like hearing about people's dick sizes. No, I mean, that's that's really, that's not my wheelhouse (laughs) at all. Same thing. I don't want to, like, I don't want to know about anybody's downstairs parts. No, no, no. Because I don't need it. It's information I don't want. No. I have a shocking amount of friends over the years who just <laughs> felt the need to tell me a, in explicit detail <laughs> the the shape and functionale of their, their genitals. <laughs> I'm just not interested. No, I don't, I don't Guy know or that. girl. No, do I not don't. care. I I here's what I like about the song. Just it's a really good beat. You know, that is one of the, the arguments I had to get really used to. I had a lot of friends in Montana and that that were more into hip hop kind of stuff. And yeah. a lot of time, you know, uh, I had a real issue with Black Eyed Peas for a long time. This one album in particular, this kid that I was in a program with, he constantly played this one. I could go look up the album. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it was just this like catchy candy bowl full of Jolly Ranchers for dinner kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I just like, I couldn't get it. 
but he he just at w- when I was complaining about one point, he was just like, "It's catchy. I like it." So I, that's yeah. that kind of redefined my thinking on what catchy is in terms mm-hmm. of a a a uh, a musical expression device. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's no different than like anything any other part of the song. Like, your the catchiness value is sort of directly correlated with the potential popular intrigue, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I like about the song is it's it's definitely you know for what we could say negatively about it it's definitely the flip side of that coin is a positive for somebody else you know right right it is it is super sexually suggested I mean I is that another part of it I'm thinking maybe that like instead of burying something in nuance and like subtext it's she's just coming straight out like licking dicks and it's a bit much, and and I think a lot of it might be from you know my generation. I mean, yeah, we had that '80s hair metal, but and it, and and you know it might have been a little suggestive, but nothing compared to this. But there's, I think that's a generational thing. Yeah, and I want to say like if you like this song, that's fine. I'm not knocking mm-hmm. anyone who enjoys it. Every you know, there's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it's not in anything that I would listen to. There's a difference between something like the Lemon Song. Which we all know what he's talking about. Oh, of course. Versus of course. me just like writing a song about, like, just explicitly saying, like, yeah, I'm going to get a hand job. Right, right. <laughs> That'd be a fucking awesome song name, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> At least put some, you know, creativity into it. I think that's like a lot of like what the foundations of poetry were is like, I mean, a lot of this stuff is love and sex and mm-hmm. death and violence, but you bury it with with like charismatic artistry right you you don't it's almost like it's like taboo to say the thing directly yeah and it's and this is sort of breaking that mold and i definitely i would definitely say it's like (laughs) sorry oh we're good okay that was just a weird (laughs) color i didn't like that color um Oh, just for explanation, just the color of the tracks. He has a computer screen. That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's um, a hard shift, but we're yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> that'll that'll be better on the video. Okay, yeah. your audio only. Just weird thing happened. Anyway, I I think they're like, I don't know. The times are changing for sure. I don't think a woman could have gotten away with a song like this, even maybe five years ago. I think that like yeah, there's a not. you know. I think WAP changed a lot of st- like a lot of things. Like it, it kind of showed us where we are in our culture because I think, you know, popular music is downstream from the cultural zeitgeist. You know, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, like if it's if it doesn't hit, it's not going to be as big as WAP or uh, Up or any of these songs are. Like you know, say what you will, but the reason why they're so successful is because they're hitting something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, as some people I know in particular would be like, well, they just like, you know, they they had whatever the Jen, Jenner girl was <laughs> in the music video. Like that was a big publicity stunt. You know, they just used the Instagram mo- marketing, the labels control everything, all mm-hmm. these things. But here's the thing is it still has to be listened to by a specific amount of people for it to reach the status, you know? Yeah. And it's. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. About it. I know there's all kinds of crazy shit out there now, and you know, people are up in arms about about race, about gender, about 
you know, right. all these overarching things that then kind of filter down to our level of what we're talking about, which is music. Mm-hmm. So without like, without discrediting anybody, mm-hmm. it is, it, it is sort of interesting where we're at in, in terms yeah, of popular music. It is. But in defense, I mean, I can, I've got a, a great example of, the way back times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 89 Madonna. And I might be a little wrong on the facts. Madonna had a huge sponsorship with Pepsi. Mm-hmm. She made a music video for the song, like a prayer. Mm-hmm. And they aired the music video and immediately Pepsi dropped her because it was so risque. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what was in the video. It was a, I don't know if you, you remember the video. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of set up in like a religious thing. And the, the there were like crosses and there was a uh, an, an actor who was, I guess, portraying a Jesus character mm-hmm. that she kisses in the music video. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the, the big thing. It was bad. They didn't like that she was kissing someone playing Jesus. Mm-hmm. He was black and playing Jesus. That's what they didn't like, and she kissed a uh, basically a, a a black guy playing a Jesus character, and she kissed him, and that's what they're up in arms and about. That yo, we've come a long way, y'all. I know. So <laughs> back to where this song, you know, it, it, there there are that opinions are just this is not of my time. Yeah. Now, when I saw the the Madonna video in 1989, when I was a kid. I didn't really understand what the big deal was. Right, right. But society did. And now I, that's why I think you get a lot of negativity on, on the Cardi B's mm-hmm. and things is, you know. And, and in the video, she was there was nobody dressed like Jesus, but she was kissing a lot of people in that video. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But she was kissing uh, other other women. Cardi B was kissing a corpse in this one. Yeah, yeah, she was in the beginning. Was it, I think it was supposed to be 2020. Yeah, 2020 Don't was make dead. out with 2020. You're going to get yeah, a bad yeah, taste yeah, in You're your going to get something like You're going to get really gingivitis. <laughs> But she was she was kissing girls, and of course that's nothing. And I don't even think that's a shocking thing. And to put that in to be shocking now is almost insulting. Yeah. People. Oh, if you did like a like a sh- shot for shot and like put whoever mm-hmm. in in this like the same sort of music video, and like the Madonna one had never happened these days, like nobody would bat an eye. Yeah. That would be so tame. Mm-hmm. That would be like I mean, outside of like an underage person doing it like nobody would give a shit right right and and thankfully for madonna for taking that bullet back in 1989 yeah yeah which you know that's yeah. that's cookies and milk now right right so yeah. and one day the you know cardi b will be looked at as yeah, yeah. you know on disney radio or yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. i think uh, and it's it, you know it is interesting how this these things tend to like they seem to happen in cycles mm-hmm. it's like the line Someone crosses it, there's pushback, and then the line moves. Mm-hmm. And then there's the line, somebody crosses it, there's pushback, and then the line moves. And it's kind of like, it just continues on and forever. And yeah, yeah. I don't know, I just, I think there's definitely a time and place for a song like this. Like if I was in a dance club and I was looking to dance, mm-hmm. I would much rather hear Cardi B's Up than Anthrax's This Is Not An Exit. But if I was in the Jinx and Anthrax was playing, I don't want them 
you know, and I'm about to dance to this is not an exit. I don't want them being like, oh, we have some technical issues. Hang on, we'll just put on some house music. And it'd be, <laughs> if it's up, then it's, up. you know, it's just like, yeah. there's a vibe for everything. And there is, I think, there is. And an audience for everything. Sure, absolutely. So to wrap that song up. You don't relate <coughs> to it? Uh, for me personally, <laughs> <laughs> I will probably never listen to this song again. If this is something for you, then then go for it. Yeah. Personally, I don't recommend it at all. All right. So now we are on our next song. And it's going to be... <laughs> I believe this one is Sealed with a Fist. I didn't even know that when I was doing the shadow boxing thing. I didn't even know that, that was uh, the next one up. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, our level of just fluidity <laughs> and just cohesion in this podcast we are we are like one for those of you tuning in there is we're running into some technical difficulties nothing nothing major but first episode so might be a couple of weird little cuts and stuff just bear with us we're gonna be pros at this in no time oh yeah we we're already almost there (laughs) so anyway (laughs) sealed with the fist so sealed with a fist this is uh by a uh, very underappreciated thrash band by the name of Exodus. So underappreciated, in fact, I've actually talked to two or three people who believe that Exodus should have taken place, the place of Anthrax in the in the in the Four Pillars. A lot of people think that. I've I've heard some some of those people float that. They actually put them in what's called the second wave of the Big Four. Mm-hmm. Is Exodus, Testament, um, Nuclear Assault. Mm-hmm. And the fourth one escapes me now, but uh, it's kind of that. Or, oh, shit. I might not have seen Exodus. I might have seen Testament. Okay, oh, that's shit. fine. <laughs> oh, shit. We'll get, oh. I just realized that. Wait. Uh, is Exodus the one where the guy like sings with the mic stand in his hand, or is that Testament? Shit. That's that, Testament. Fuck. Damn it. All right. <laughs> I take it back. It wasn't Exodus. <laughs> that's fine. Temple of the Snake. That's Testament. No, Brotherhood of the Snake. Brotherhood of the That's Snake. That's Testament. Too. Yeah. Ah, fuck. Sorry. Yeah. All right. I got your hopes up. I have not seen Exodus live. <laughs> That's okay. My bad. <laughs> Just, we're done. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is um, this is off of the, kind of a, another comeback record. Uh, Exodus split up in the mid to late 90s. And um, during that time, when they got back together, they regrouped with their original lead singer, who was on their first record. And unfortunately, he passed away, so they brought back their more famous lead singer, a guy named Zetro Salza, Mm -hmm. and uh, so they recorded their comeback album called Tempo of the Damned, and um, it had a couple of, uh, I guess, hits on metal radio, and this this was in uh, 2004 when this came out, when kind of thrash was coming back. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so almost like 10 years after... Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not an exit kind of era stuff. Yeah. It sounded a little, the production sounded a little bit more modern, like mm-hmm. closer to what like more modern metal music sounds like. Yes, yes. And better better equipment, better, mm-hmm. and, and money again. This is when thrash bands were, were getting the, the kind of smaller labels that were pushing thrash bands. Mm-hmm. But it was such a, a great resurgence of thrash metal I think in that that time frame, Megadeth got back together and put out a record. Exodus put out a record. 
uh, Testament, I think, was uh, getting ready to put out something. Death Angel got back together and put out an album, which Death Angel is one we're going to touch on in the future. Okay. <clears throat> but um, it's kind of a cool song, uh, not only musically. Musically, it's, it's, it's pretty hard and pretty great. But the subject matter is uh, very interesting. It's about spousal abuse. I got that. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's from the point of view of the female. Yeah. And uh, she she solves the problem in the end, in the chorus. It's almost like this is the thrash metal version of When the Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks. <laughs> if you really think about it. Yeah. You know. I, I kind of, what I pictured the whole time was like, a much more violent approach to the November Rain music video <laughs> by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, and, and like the chorus is 16 rounds in case she misses. Mm-hmm. Sealed with a fist. Sealed with a fist. I mean, so yeah, she just. A lot of, lot of lines like really stuck out. Like, um, uh, I can't, now I can't remember the specifics, of course, but like hmm. the, the, talking about the bullet like splitting through all your bullshit. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. very, very. What would I say? Impactful stuff. Very, very yeah. graphic. Yeah, I like the tie, and it was like I, it sounded like they were going for like it's on the wedding day kind of thing. I don't know if that's if that stacks up, but or maybe it like started with the wedding day because I think the line is like when she said "I do," it didn't mean across the face. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, just a lot of like really cool symbolism and just, just it's a brutal, violent song, but it's in a good way. It's redemptive. Like, yeah, you're you're yeah. cheering for this this woman who you know had some meathead of a husband who just liked to basically just beat her, and yeah. finally she got her gun and he's done beating her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know, and that kind of like helps the cause of like people who think metalheads are are these misogynic violent people mm -hmm. you've got one of the most brutal thrash metal bands ever writing a brutal song about a woman getting her redemption and mm -hmm. taking her side and just kind of basically saying you know this is not cool for the man any man to, to treat his his significant other this way and he deserves you know basically getting blasted yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. by his wife yeah and so that was that was one of the reasons why I picked it because it's got such great, not because you're, you fit in that category, but I thought it was a really good subject matter that people don't, who, who don't listen to thrash metal, maybe don't realize it. They actually write songs that are, you know, against the domestic violence and, and such other things. And it's also, it's, it's a great record. And this is a song that is probably not as remembered. I've always liked this song off this record and it's just a, just in your face, you know, song. Mm -hmm. It's very Exodus-ish, for lack of a better word. And this song had one songwriter. So, <laughs> <laughs> but your 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 thoughts, my my good friend. First impressions. I obviously like you know metal intros are my way of like I have I had a um, poetry teacher in college that she said you need to give the person you're speaking to a comfortable chair to sit in as an artist that's your job is whatever you're doing you're providing a comfortable chair mm -hmm. and i that's that's metal metal uh, that's metal instrumentation to me is that comfortable chair of like oh, yeah. you know it, it, what's the tempo oh this is going to be like doomy and sludgy or like something like this is like okay 
this is going to get nuts. And you know mm-hmm. that just from the intro and like, I mean, from the, the first notes all the way through that crazy friggin' guitar solo, like yeah. you just, you know <laughs> what this song, what it's, what it's gonna, what it's gonna be like, what it's gonna mm-hmm. entail. And like, I think it's so cool. Like you, you touched on the, the anti-domestic violence message and like, taking back your life by any means mm-hmm. necessary kind of stuff. Like, I mean, this is a very intense song yeah. and you get that from the get go. And that's what I really liked about it. Again, um, the things that can kind of make or break a metal song for me are the, are the vocals. I didn't have as much of a problem with this cause I, it's something I listened to Bob Dylan. Yeah. So I can, ha- I can handle odd vocals mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. got a very distinct, nasally kind of raspy he, he like, does 16 round like <laughs> but i like it it's mm-hmm. it fits it works and i'm you know again it, it this this one I, it didn't take me like i think anthrax took me two listens to kind of mm-hmm. to get it to like it this i i liked it pretty much right off the cuff like this is something okay. that this is something that if it came on a metal playlist that uh, we get you keep Oh, I'm just getting situated. Oh, okay. Um, this is something that if it came on one of those like playlists, I would have I would listen to the whole thing. Might even turn might even turn the volume turn up, up yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, no, I really, really liked it. Um Yeah, I mean I, I the song's in my head for sure. This is not an exit and uh sealed with a fist are definitely like songs that are they'll still pop up in my head and like mm-hmm. i mean obviously i listened to them a lot this week but mm-hmm. i yeah. really liked it. i really liked it as far as yeah. like metal music is very informative sorry i didn't realize that exodus and testament were two different bands <laughs> but, it's okay because they're actually related to each other okay uh when testament was starting out they went by the name the legacy mm-hmm. and this singer zetro he was the original lead singer for what became Testament. And when Exodus needed a new lead singer, he left Testament to go sing with Exodus and asked his good friend Chuck Billy if he wanted to take over in Testament, who was the lead singer of Testament. Mm. So they're basically... This is, of course, all I knew, of course. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're basically like metal in-laws, you yeah, know, yeah, so yeah, to yeah. speak. My, my, uh, my misconception is understandable then. Yeah. <laughs> or my, my misconstruing. And another uh, fact, uh, the guy that wrote the song, the lead guitarist for Exodus, his name is Gary Holt, excuse me. When Jeff Hanneman from Slayer passed away, mm-hmm. Gary Holt took his place. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's... Phenomenal guitar player. Like, yeah. I watched him play with Slayer. Was... That's some impressive guitar work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an he amazing. Was... Gary Holt was in Exodus, you said? Sorry. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, okay. the main songwriter for Exodus. And okay. has been, I think, from the get-go. And he was pulling double duty Exodus and as Jeff Hanneman's replacement mm-hmm. and Slayer until you know Slayer retired. So. Right. Well, they'll go. They'll go back on a reunion or a, a, <laughs> another. What is it? Because my friend and I saw them at their farewell tour, and then it's like, oh, by the way, in 2019, we're doing a farewell tour too. You only get one. You only get one. Fuckers. Mm-hmm. But that's. I think that's the thing. Is like they go. They 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 bill it as. Hey, this is it, mm-hmm. and then they make so much fucking money from it. They're <laughs> right. like, "Oh God, all right, reunion tour number two. and and then when they ran out of money, number three, whatever so. you got to do. Then you do the then you do the re- reunion tour, then you do the retirement tour from the reunion <laughs> tour, and dude, you got to move those T-shirts, man. You got to pay for those Beverly Hills houses. <laughs> so 
recommend not i think this is a great song regardless of whether you're like i don't know if you're some 40 or 50 year old just stuck in old school metal like oh mm-hmm. only listen to sabbath and early thrash or whatever or you're some a younger kid you only listen to newer stuff this fits right it's like right down the line of like still having that that old thrash style mm-hmm. and like those tropes but having like a, a more modern production behind it yeah and that's what i really liked about it it was a very comfortable so it was a song I was very comfortable with from the beginning. So I really enjoyed it. Awesome. And I look forward to, I'm sure, hearing more Exodus songs. There will be some more creeped in there. And it's, yeah. Sorry for my confusion, metalhead. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I don't claim to be one. I just like the music. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a learning curve. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen I've seen Slayer. Bear with me. I love, yeah, I love, I really twice. genuinely love the style, the genre. I just, I don't know everything. It's okay. I've actually seen Testament and Exodus on the same bill. Really? They opened for Megadeth when Megadeth was doing oh, okay. their 20th yeah. anniversary of Rust in Peace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was that was a lot of metal for mm-hmm. one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was awesome. Dude, me and my buddy, we went, so we're talking about the Slayer retirement tour, like, that was a crazy day. It was in Orlando. Thank God we left the motel early. We were staying a couple towns away because we didn't want to deal with Orlando. And it took forever to get there. Playing at like the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. and the traffic in Orlando is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. We get there, and we miss the first like I think Testament only played for like half an hour, and mm-hmm. we missed like the first fifteen minutes, but got to see the uh, their closing, and it was phenomenal. Next band we saw was Behemoth. I think they played for like a half hour anthrax mm-hmm. and i think they played for like 45 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. and then lamb of god which mm-hmm. i was super excited for they played for like an hour and then slayer played for like two hours so oh, it was like wow. a five hour concert <laughs> by the end of it like me and my buddy we've been headbanging so hard like by the end of slayer set we were just standing there like zombies like <laughs> we had to go and go to waffle house and dude, oh funny story so this is my uh this is my good buddy nick we uh we we have this thing that we do we go to concerts together because mm-hmm. he he kind of intru- he was a big influencer on me in terms of like metal music because I kind of dabbled in some stuff when I was younger he was the guy that like in my adult life got me way more into metal like took me we went and saw Devin Townsend project took me to the Slayer show like so that's our thing we go to these shows. And we both buy the same same band T shirt, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that's like that's our thing because we we couldn't we could when we went to see Devin Townsend we couldn't decide on, you know you don't want to buy the same shirt as your buddy but it right. was like but it was the one design was way superior to the other so we we're like that, let's just both buy it mm-hmm. so Slayer show we both buy the same <laughs> Slayer shirt we drive back to the right next to our ho- the motel we were staying at is a Waffle House. We're zombies. We eat so much fucking food. <laughs> Great day of metal, but we're exhausted. We woof down this Waffle House. We go back to our hotel room, which we had spent no time in. Mm. <laughs> we pull back the sheets. There's fucking lipstick all over the bed <laughs> and the pillowcases. <laughs> we, so we start doing this back and forth thing because it's a... Uh, I don't. I don't even care at this point. We're this. This episode is going to get no listens. We were staying at a at a Wyndham Travel Lodge, uh-huh. and we started doing these like Wyndham Travel Lodge pitches, and it was like the Wyndham Travel Lodge where lipstick comes compliment shit like that. And he said the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. He was like, "So Motel Six has a slogan: is Motel Six will leave the light on for you." Mm-hmm. And he, and this, we had been going back and forth 
on this thing and he goes the Wyndham Travel Lodge we'll leave the seat up for you <laughs> and it fucking crushed it killed me ah nice <laughs> and that's that's my metal story alright my laughter made the camera go askew <laughs> Is that what you were looking yeah. at, dude? I was like, dude. I like, but I was if, like, we'll just keep the footage and yeah, yeah. And I'll, if it if it happens, take it. It's it's totally cool. We I can to wait till there's a break. We can bounce around the room. So, but anyway, okay. Now now we're back on on program, dude. <laughs> so next the, song. This song brought to you by the Wind and Travel. <laughs> so my third and final pitch to you, which took no thought, mm-hmm. was uh, "Blinding Lights" by the Weekend. And this is this I this is a fascinating one for me because this hit number one in thirty four countries, so you can't argue with it. <laughs> it's been on it. It still holds the record for most time in top five and top ten on Billboard Hot one hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got released right before COVID. Coincidence? I think not. Yeah, yeah. This song came out in November of twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, and it's been it's been flirting with the top five since that time and it's you know as we record this podcast it's a number three and Mm -hmm. it is the best song ever written it how many writers not not as many not as many it actually only has the weekend max martin oscar holter belly which is a sweet name and jason quinneville quinneville max martin oscar holter uh yeah six five people wrote this song <clears throat> I yeah I I'm I'm kind of on board with you in terms of like writing credits these days. I don't know if there's like new requirements when you work with labels or what, but like it's it is odd when you like I was ta- like when we were doing our intro podcast, I was telling you about that song where they had to give Kurt Cobain a writing credit because somebody mm-hmm. basically just used the chorus for In Bloom, and it's like I don't know what's going on, but a lot of these songs which. It's it's hard because you don't want to be the the guy that's like oh a four year old could have come up with that but in a lot of these cases it's just shocking the amount of songwriters yeah. for what comes out it's like what did you write did you contribute a phrase like just one beat I don't know I mean well it's and it's like you know it's there's a thought in this because like as you're saying the Anthrax this is not an exit it was based on a book like they didn't have to credit the the author of American Psycho with any of that. No. I don't know if I, I don't know. It's just it's just very strange where how many people are getting songwriting credits at this time. And and I think a lot of it, especially in popular music, it's basically we're gonna go ahead and give this person credit so that we don't have to deal with the backlash later. Yeah. So and we don't get sued later. So the, this and that doesn't happen. Maybe there's like a lot of gun shy stuff. Yeah. Now that, you know, there's been obviously way more cases mm-hmm. in the, in the, since the mid 2000s of like plagiarism and stuff yeah. like that. Everybody's coming for their money. Rolling Stones. Everybody. Tom Petty sued Sam Smith. <laughs> everybody's suing everybody. And it's like. It's an easy out. It's an, it's a knife fighting kind of business, it seems like. And that's why I like. As a musician, I have no interest in the political side of this yeah. of this space. It just seems like it just seems like hell. Like, I it, it seems like one if if one or two people can come up with driver's license, one or two people can come up with blinding lights by the weekend. Like, not to mm-hmm. yeah. not to shit talk or what, but some of this has to be political or something. I don't it know. It is. 
Just like there were there were three producers on this song. Right, right, right. And it's what's the I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> so now I'll tell you how I feel about it. Yeah, first impressions. <laughs> um actually, um you're gonna be a little surprised. I actually I, yes. I actually enjoyed this song. Yes. And I this knew song it. is Technically, this song is not in my 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 wheelhouse. I love I love throwing that word around. The thing is, when I listened to it, and the video was actually really kind of cool. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, a zombie yeah. apocalypse or the end of a, an apocalypse yeah, in in Vegas. Yeah, and I was familiar with with the weekend. I wasn't familiar with any of his music. I was aware he played the Super Bowl. I didn't yes. watch the Super Bowl, but the the name was familiar. Uh, it actually musically and even you know his style of of singing reminded me of like mid 80s pop music in fact it almost felt like take on me by aha yes it had that vibe that's actually kind of i mean this worked out couldn't have worked out any better because the song has been gripping the top five forever Mm -hmm. he plays the super bowl it happens to be top three this week which i was going to pitch anyway just as a as a welcome to the show kind of thing. It just, it seemed to make sense to start off with the top three most popular songs. Mm -hmm. And so this all really, but I, this is the one that I was like, if he's going to like any of them, Jonathan Humphrey, child of the (laughs) eighties, he's going to love this synth wave pop ballad, like not ballad, but like, you know, this, like I knew that this was going to like hit some nostalgia points for you for sure. It did. And it felt very reminiscent of, it's, you know, don't be mistaken. And when I was growing up in the 80s, I listened to 80s pop music, but yeah. that was a different animal than, you know, 20s, teens pop music. Sure. Now, obviously. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it reminded me a lot of like not only the sound, but the feel, the sensibility, everything. And I, I couldn't tell. I don't want to be unfair. I couldn't tell if he was using auto tune, but. He, which I hate autotune, mm-hmm. but he did, you know, his voice sounds very, it was on kind of like a, a frequency that just kind of like a soothing, mm-hmm. cool sound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like if he was using autotune, I get the feeling maybe he doesn't need to use it. He's a, he's a great singer. And he might uh, not and have been using it. I'm, I might be mistaken. Sure. So. As somebody that works in like the sound engineering music production kind of field, a lot of like techniques they're using now is like, cause autotunes again, it's kind of, it's like a catch all term mm-hmm. for like pitch adjustment. Mm-hmm. There are way more sophisticated techniques now with a lot of the more modern programs to pitch correct where it's more subtle. It's mm-hmm. you're not using something where if I were to just like put the autotune plug in on and just sing something random, it's going to tune it automatically to that key. Mm-hmm. It's kind of clunky, but it's become a it's become a trope in popular music. Mm-hmm. A lot of what people do now is they introduce it in a lot of subtle ways. They'll use it on like some of the backing vocals at a lower level. Like so there's there may be a little of that, but he's he's not utilizing autotune in this song in the way that like T Pain utilizes autotune as a as a production mm-hmm. means kind of thing. Okay. So. There may be some in it, but I would I would say there's there may be some sort of pitch correction being done to his voice, but it's not a it's not specifically auto tune. Okay, but it, it sounded good. I mean, all in all, I mean, I, I really don't have a lot to go into on this song, mm-hmm. mainly because I, other than you know what I've said, there's really not much to say about it. Only because I mean, I, I enjoyed it. And this, like I said, this is not my style of music, mm-hmm. but 
I enjoyed listening to it. Got one on the board. Yeah, I'm so no, happy. No, and so happy. I can understand <laughs> anyone who would listen. This song was not writ- written for you know a certain age group. This is a very cool song. I'm sure if my mother heard this song, she would uh you know she would enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm not you know uh, I hope that's not a diss to the weekend that you know my, my seven year old mother a, I would think like it. A lot it, but, of people like this song. But it, but yeah, it was just and I think it was the, the familiarity of it mm-hmm. felt the sensibilities of an 80s a good 80s pop song mm-hmm. but yeah I, I honestly i don't don't find anything negative to say about it he seemed like he was a pretty cool guy you know he was having fun in his zombie apocalypse video hey, did you watch the super bowl performance no we'll go back we'll watch it it was, I'll, I'll it was pretty cool it, but yeah. there's like uh there's a there's a sequence it was pretty well done but he like he takes the camera i guess it was on like a selfie stick or something and he's like he's dancing in this like golden hallway and a bunch of people like started making memes out of it like almost immediately i've like, seen the memes from, just like from that yeah. when you're when your parents are trying to use zoom on their cell phones and stuff <laughs> like that but he's he's a talented guy i've i've been familiar with him going back to like maybe 2016 2017 he had, he's he did a song with daft punk i'm i'm i really like daft punk uh they like they were the producers on it, and he was the singer, and it's called mm-hmm. Starboy. It's it's he's all of his stuff is just so catchy. Like even songs that I'm not familiar with, like when he was doing the Super Bowl performance, obviously it hits. It's like oh yeah, okay, I know the song just because it gets so much radio play. But he's he's an interesting cat. Yeah, I mean just cool it, music video. It was it, it was a really cool video, yeah, and yeah. it was uh, yeah, it was very enjoyable. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna go you know buy his record, but. If I hear the song again, I'm gonna sit back and go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I've, yeah." This is yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes you kind of want to dance around. Oh uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm, I I didn't I didn't know it for sure, but I had an ex I had an expectation that you might like that song, and I'm super glad. Episode one, I'm on the board. <laughs> Look at you, boom. I'm so yeah. happy. Yes. All right. But yeah, but to recap, I, I recommend this song for everyone. Yeah. It's just a, you know, and all of you old. Old codgers like me who grew up on '80s pop. This is man, this is a good slice of a, you know, a reminiscent of '80s pop. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's like so, it's modern and it's modern sounding, but yeah, very you, modern. If you touched it up a little bit to make it a little bit more vintage, this would fit right into like a movie soundtrack, like Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. with like a lot of those like kind of more '80s influenced kind of songs. Like it would fit right in. It's just yeah. it's like I don't know. It's just a good across the board song. I mean, yeah. good job. Yeah. Good Holly job, The Weeknd, Max good. Martinez, Oscar Hall, and Belly. Yeah. Shout out to Belly. <coughs> a good old Belly. All right. Dude, Last a, one on the list. Let's put a bow on this puppy. This was um, unique. The song is called It's Going Down by Suicidal Tendencies. This is a very unusual My job's done. song and a very unusual record. Uh, those of you who know who suicidal tendencies are, there's it usually breaks into two groups. It's people who know them from institutionalized the song from their first album, and you either know that song because you knew it when it came out in '83, or you heard it on an Iron Man. And those and <laughs> oh okay. And those of you who know suicidal tendencies from hearing the song on Iron Man, this is not for you. <laughs> uh, there's another group of people that will know suicidal. And it's when uh, they became more heavy metal, starting about 1988. Their big breakthrough, quote, metal record was Lights, Camera, Revolution, which came out in 1990. This is off the album The Art of Rebellion. And it came out in 1992, and we were touching on 
1992 as far as metal bands. And me being born. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, in 1992, I got my driver's license. So... Dude, this episode is so full of just yeah. Dude, I got my. This driver's is synchronicity license. at its finest. So, nineteen ninety two, I got my driver's license. And your boyfriend broke your. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. I got my driver's license at the beginning of ninety two, and then that nasty breakup with Kyle was in. <laughs> it's always the, Kyle. The end of 92. fuck you, Kyle. <laughs> I, I don't want to mention uh, my breakup's name. She knows who she is, and she yeah. would n- probably never listen to this podcast. She's regretting it now. No, actually, I think after, I, this, uh, after she's, this podcast she's, goes double platinum. No, she's like, thank cow. God, I got away from that guy. No, I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. But anyway, dude, tell me about '92. Metal so '1992 <laughs> was uh, it was a year after the Black Album came out, and pretty much changed all the rules for that style of metal. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that you were negative one when, when that happened. <clears throat> but like I had said before, everyone assumes that it was all about grunge. Well, Nirvana, never mind, really didn't break until the end of 1991, early 92. Mm-hmm. Well, the Black Album broke the summer of 91 when it came out. Mm-hmm. Well, immediately all the other metal bands that never thought they had a shot on radio started making albums that were less thrash and more straightforward heavy metal, as Metallica had done. Megadeth did it with Countdown to Extinction. Uh, Testament actually uh, had a a great album uh, in 92 that was straightforward metal. Anthrax came a year later in 93. Suicide Tendencies, on the other hand, accidentally made a radio-friendly album. Really? Yes. They were coming off of the success of Lights, Camera, Revolution, which is just a a, a great metal band, metal mm-hmm. record, excuse me. And Suicidal is known for being, they're the first ones who were crossover from hardcore punk to metal. Okay. They did it before, you know, DRI did it, before any, anybody else did it. And um, so they come out with The Art of Rebellion, which is, it's a very big natural progression. It's still a metal album, but it's, I would say every song on this record could have been played on the radio in 1992. Okay. And they actually had three songs, three singles that were played on MTV from this record. The one I gave you was not one of them. Right. But I think the only thing that didn't give them more popularity was the name of the band. In 1992, ah. it was hard to sell a band called Suicidal Tendencies. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> it was hard enough to sell a band called Megadeth yeah. in 1992, but they they had some, you know, a little bit bigger commercial success. Well, I mean, three years earlier, Madonna couldn't even kiss a black guy. No, she couldn't. I'm I'm glad we live in the times we do, to be honest, because now you have like yeah. suicidal t- suicidal silence. I don't know. That's but <laughs> 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 nobody bats an eye. Yeah. But this is um, this album. I felt like uh, really showcased the musicianship of this band, where they could be more than just an amazing hardcore punk band, an amazing metal band. And lead singer Mike Muir, I think it challenged his vocal abilities. He's not the greatest singer in the world. Okay, he's not. That was one of my notes. <laughs> well, he, he, he's he's not. But this is some of his best. 
attempt at singing. Okay. And it was all natural. Like uh, the backstory of this record, they just went in. They had this certain vibe when they started writing and recording these songs, and it just accidentally came out like this. This is also the only Suicidal Tendencies record with no profanity on it. Another part of the accident. It was or, accidental. Or did they, they didn't intentionally not swear? No, it was, com- it was completely by accident. Okay. Interesting. They, yeah. So, but uh, I picked this song because it had a little bit more of an upbeat. It was a little bit faster mm-hmm. than some of the other deep cuts on this record. So I felt like this would be easier to slip in and get you know familiar with. Mm-hmm. There are better deep cuts than this one, but this was a good one to, you know, go ahead and start in. And it has one songwriter. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it's not institutionalized. It's not, I saw your mommy. It's not, I shot the devil. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, uh, first impressions, not familiar with them at all, outside of like good punk drummers wearing their hats. Okay. That's the only reference I have to suicidal <laughs> tendencies. Okay. It's like all the Fair all enough. the good punk drummers that I've met wear suicidal <laughs> tendencies hats. Um <clears throat> again, super comfy chair for me to like listen to the instrumentation mm-hmm. and like hard rock, metal, punk, whatever. I just I love the sound, I love the grittiness. Uh yeah, I would agree with the not the best singer in the world yeah. kind of thing. And this is this isn't a style thing. This is a this comes from a point of like just in terms of like talent level. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think he he quite has enough power behind his voice. Like his voice strikes me as pretty weak. Um just in terms yeah. of like the music going on around it and I don't know if it's like stylistically the way he's trying to sing with this music i i have like i said zero reference for any of his other singings Mm -hmm. um did i enjoy the song this one took me the longest to to get comfortable with but i could i eventually like could listen to it it's not in my head yeah, uh, I have to really think and like, yeah, it's, it's going down in my dark side. And now I hear the music, but the dun, 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 dun. yeah, it's yeah. This would be the interestingly enough the third one for me. This would be the like pr- probably the least favorite of the three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would definitely be interested in hearing more of their music uh, for. I mean, even if just for comparison's sake, but. Yeah, I, I don't think the 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 vocals. It wasn't like a thing I could get past. It was a it was a it was a performance thing. Yeah, and not to you know <laughs> bash somebody who's been wildly more successful than myself. <laughs> right, but it's it's not a it's not a it's not Howie. It's or it's not the it's the way he sings. Unfortunately, it's like it's yeah. it's how I view him as a singer. Well, it's a hardcore punk singer trying mm. to sing melodic, right? And the biggest, one of the big things that I uh, I wanted it to be a big challenge for you is, if I were to tell someone who's never listened to Suicide Tendencies before, yeah, where to start? This is actually the last album I would tell them to start with. Interesting. Yeah, this is one that you literally have got to go through their more popular stuff and understand them before you do it. So I kind of I kind of threw you a curve there. Right, 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 right. It's kind of like a I could definitely like if this is like not saying it's like the worst of the worst, but if this is like if this is a very 
challenging sort of listen i could definitely listen to them more especially mm-hmm. if they have like more like hardcore kind of stuff like i could definitely yeah. see myself liking that side a little bit more i think i think it's a hard sell when you have somebody who's not used to singing melodically give it their best shot yeah and it just kind of falls flat and mm-hmm. you said there's you said there's some singles off this that did well yeah so did. and maybe that just is maybe it's the key it was written in and he's just more comfortable singing in that key like the, mm-hmm. all kinds yeah. of crazy things can happen you know sometimes you you get people who you know if the, i don't know did, did a guitarist write the song or no the I, lead singer wrote the song lead singer wrote the song okay well there goes that argument because <laughs> sometimes you know sometimes somebody writes a song and then they can't play it in a different key and sometimes the singer struggles with that but there goes that their heavier that metal stuff the music wise they're one of their guitar players who was metal influenced, who actually brought a metal influence into the band, wrote a lot of their stuff that's more well-known, and that is actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. Now, I like this record because it was a natural progression for me from their last record. Like, I was right. already a fan. Okay. So it 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 kind of fit. But this is, and I'm not comparing the two, but like this is their Led Zeppelin three. Okay. This is their um, Sticky Fingers a clear moment of musical transformation. Yes. Okay. You know, this is their reload. (laughs) 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 It's their, you know, let's kind of put a toe in in a different set of waters and we've got this vibe. Let's just see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it still has the attitude, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely a, a big shift from, where they were heading. And then oddly enough, their next record after this just went right back to hardcore punk meets heavy metal. I wonder why they, sometimes bands do that. I think maybe, maybe they just need a break from it. Yeah. They just, it was, they tried it out and they enjoyed it. And then they just wanted to, you know, loop back around. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a weird time. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I, there, sometimes you get bands that do that. There's a interesting band called pianos become the teeth that my friend recommended to me. And all of their other stuff is like, I, I, I haven't listened to it, so I can't really speak to it. He just suggested this one album that was much more minimalist and it wasn't as like, I, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they're like kind of, uh, the fuck what's the style? They're like I think they're more grindcore. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. That could be incorrect. So don't roast me. But uh, they just have this like softer album, and it's like it just it's like way more in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And it's like I wouldn't really listen to their other stuff. Um, and I I think I checked out a song or two, and I was like, okay, yeah, just this album. That <laughs> happens sometimes. Like, um, you know, uh, I'm blanking on the name now. I don't know. Sometimes bands try out a different sound, and sometimes it's really successful, and sometimes it's not. Uh, another band that I like all their music, but their softer stuff I like better is Opeth. That's exactly that's exactly that's who you're thinking, thinking of. Okay, yeah, Damnation. <coughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly who I was thinking of. And Deliverance. Deliverance was that the which one was the heavier? One was heavier, heavier. One was Damnation's light. the softer one. Okay, that's the one I'm way more familiar with, and I've, mm-hmm. I've listened to other Opeth songs, like especially their more popular mm-hmm. songs. Uh, but that's the album that does it for me just because like, I like a lot of the odd time stuff and they're mm-hmm. obviously 
superior musicians to most people. Yes. And that that goes just, without saying. And I like their heavier stuff, but you it's so too. cool to see them like make this like that just speaks to the musicianship more than anything. Is like for yeah. these guys to like kind of, it, to be able to to skirt the two. Mm-hmm. The, another interesting fact about that band that I found out is like none of the original founding members are in it. No. It was like the the, the lead now he got in early enough to where I just kind of became his band because mm-hmm. all the early members were like, nah, fuck this. But it's that's that's interesting to me is that yeah. you didn't none of y'all started the band and you can uh-uh. still use the name. So uh, he brought he came in like as a I think as a bassist and then he became yeah, a guitar yeah. player or something. Yeah. Uh and he actually um one of my favorite bands, Catatonia, he actually um sang vocals on like their first three records because their lead singer for Catatonia was the drummer. Mm-hmm and he he would do some clean vokes, but he brought uh, the guy from Opeth. I can't pronounce his name. I'm not going to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know what we're talking about. He came in and did uh, the the vocals. And actually, um, those two guys and the lead singer from Paradise Lost have all been a, a members of the band Bloodbath. Okay. If, yeah, you, yeah. if you haven't heard them, they're... I have not. <laughs> it's... It's good, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. let's do some deep cuts. <laughs> We're gonna uh, everything Bloodbath has put out as a deep cut. Yeah, but they rotate singers between um, Nick Holmes from Paradise Lost and um, the guy from Opeth, and it's just the most like you know satanic evil. Like <laughs> it's just definitely it's fun. Swedish black metal. Uh, yeah, Swedish black and death metal. Yeah, you know all these guys just like making like the. The most evilest, darkest stuff they can just want to throw together. So. Dude, how crazy is that? You picked Opeth out of that. That was it. Was exactly what I was thinking of. I love them. They've become more of a progressive metal band. Yes, yeah, or just yeah. progressive band now. I mean, I still like them, but mm-hmm. you know, I love them to death, and I'm not being you know anything against them. But sometimes their their albums get a little long. <laughs> yeah, a little long in the tooth. But you know, we still have the old stuff. So, but so. Recommend, not recommend, <laughs> and be honest. Well, I think I think you kind of said it yourself. Is like you wouldn't recommend this to somebody starting out on suicidal tendencies. Yep, and I yep. feel like if you know suicidal tendencies at this point, you kind of know what you like. Mm-hmm. So this is this is not a song I would recommend. Just in terms of like, I think you take creative risks as artists, and those pay off or they don't. Mm-hmm. And I think. There's there's just better people have just done better versions of what this song is probably attempting to do. Yeah, I think that's fair. And like no offense to them, like <coughs> and I look forward to hearing more of their stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wouldn't really recommend I don't th- I can't think of somebody who I would recommend this song for. That's actually a very fair thing. Yeah, yeah like I said that was the curveball I want to throw at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much stuff from Suicide Tendencies that Everyone would always recommend, and I was like, I'm going to pull from the one place that no one ever pulls from for Suicide <laughs> the Tendencies. The Buried Coffin. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let me dig up this album that I love, but yeah. I'm I'm looking at it from a different vantage point than you are. Yeah, yeah. When I give you a ride home, I want to like find one of the singles off the, the this record and just get a comparison note, just because yeah. like, I just kind of want to see what else they were trying to do, because <laughs> like again, if you have three 
pretty successful songs on a record, that's pretty good, especially if you're trying something different, and especially if you have to fill an entire album's worth <laughs> yeah. of material, and you're trying out this new thing. Like they're not all going to be bangers, more than likely. And it's very kind of almost ethereal. Like there's like very spoken word intro, not spoken word intro, but it's you'll you'll hear it. Like they have a um, one of the singles is a song called "Asleep at the Wheel," and I think it's like eight minutes long. Oh wow! But it's very vocal heavy. Okay. And it's it's kind of like got two different sections to it. Okay. Vocally, and you'll you'll hear it. It's um, uh, I'll I'll never explain it correctly. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, this is the same band that you know two years earlier they had um, uh, "You Can't Bring Me Down," which is a great metal hardcore song, and it's you'll you'll if you've never heard you can't bring me down that's I have not just it's it was a single so i can't recommend it like on the podcast you but, can if we flip but it's um you know <laughs> yeah maybe on the flip flip yeah, flip, yeah, yeah. Flip, flip, flip. that'll be that'll be fun but um but yeah but yeah there's so much more to suicide tendencies than what i recommended to you if that was my first taste of suicidal i probably wouldn't have gotten into them yeah i could see that but that was that was your curveball that was your cardi b son well if nothing else we we know we're going to be honest yeah and that's all like Mm -hmm. and i like that you you know you liked one of mine i like the other two of yours like Mm -hmm. i think it's nice that we can come in and we can just be honest about it and it's like this again this is a judgment-free zone this is Mm -hmm. like you don't have to like everything i recommend right because plenty of other people are liking up so they don't <laughs> that's she don't need you anyway those people aren't me and and you know good good for them like i said but, but. i think this is what you want with when you talk music with people and like again i kind of wanted to provide us a space like two people who are very interested and invested in music like this is a cool space to do this in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like we don't have to worry about pleasing everybody and Sorry about mixing up Exodus and Testament. That's okay. Again, I, I'll I'll issue a written statement apologizing. <laughs> I feel so bad. Like I, yeah. John and I were at the Jonathan and I were at the coffee house this morning, and I was like, "Dude, I've actually seen two of those bands live." <laughs> and, he was, and he looked at you like, "Oh, okay, cool." And like getting here, it's like, "Oh, sorry, just kidding, just Anthrax." Never mind. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's easy to get them confused, I guess. Dude, well, look, we did it. We got through it. Like, shall we wrap up with some positives? Yeah. I'm yeah. super excited for our pizza party. Yeah. I have me too. not hung out with hardly anybody in the what has been like year. Going yeah, on a year. Yeah, going on a year. Yeah. So excited to see you and Trish. Like yeah. I'm glad I'm so <coughs> glad we started back up. We we reconnected and Oh yeah. I was so glad you were sold on this idea. And here we are doing it just a couple weeks later, you know. Yeah. And I think uh considering uh, we only had a couple of Technical difficulties, and yeah. those were actually my fault. So, <laughs> well, and I mean, not really that big a deal no, anyway. No. So, so this, those of you who are going to watch this episode on YouTube, yeah, there's going to be a section where I'm out of frame. That might be a blessing. I don't know, but dude, and any time in the future something like that happens, like please, just yeah. feel free to get up and fix it. We were on a vibe, and I figured dude, it's all good. The audience was like, yeah, let's let's not have to look at that guy too much. <laughs> but. So this won't be the perfect video, but it's gonna it's going up like it is, and uh, you know, just listen to us. That's more important than you know looking at us. We will grow as we grow. We will grow, and uh, we. Uh, I, I want to mention this for the video viewers. We uh, decided we were gonna for our inaugural episode wear our favorite band. Oh yeah, yeah, t-shirts. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, get on, get on up in that camera frame. So I'll talk you I'll talk you through it. Get up there. Okay. So 
This is, it was a hard decision. This is one of my favorite bands and favorite albums. This is Megadeth's Euthanasia. Oh, the cool thing is you can cut to the camera mic for this part. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can leave this part in. Yeah, I can leave this part in. Um, I'm actually going to, uh, I have so many cool cool shirts. So uh, I'm going to just be like, like on the down low, like wearing my favorite like shirts and just like kind of leaning in. Yeah. <laughs> on episodes hopefully you, you know, listen to this band you know and you know you wore your pixie shirt yeah, yeah i wore yeah. my overkill hat so yeah go model for us there sir there you go <laughs> we, we dressed up <laughs> favorite bands to start it off yeah so um closing uh statements sir Fuck the guy who broke Olivia Rodriguez's heart. <laughs> Maybe it was that producer. I wonder if it was that producer. That's that's one of the theories I had is like Daniel. I don't know that ooh, producer. He has a hard name. I think he's a Have lot older than her. Yeah. <laughs> it's, he might it's, be a bit older than it's, her. It's one letter away from a word I can't say. Yeah, I know. I saw that. So I'm just going to say that's, Danny boy. But that, that's why I didn't try to pronounce it because I have enough trouble pronouncing. He's getting enough credit as it yeah. is. But... Uh, yeah. Whoever broke her heart, I, but again, she's <laughs> she's she's a, she's cashed in on that heartbreak. So, closing thoughts. Um, other than you know what you've already made clear, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, just I'm looking forward to spicing it up for you, throwing you some things that um, you know, you never thought you would have liked or never thought you would have had to listen to in a good way. Maybe a couple of. Stinkers, I might slip in there. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. There's so many bands you you don't, you don't know who they are, and you know, <laughs> like okay, maybe this is cool. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, and bring them on to me. Up. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know, a, uh, and I'm probably gonna curse myself for saying this, but it couldn't get any worse than up, could it? Those are famous last words. My I friend. know. Right? <laughs> Just I'm already familiar with uh, Nickelback's work, so you don't have Ooh, to throw that in there. Shots fired. Shots fired. Leave Chad alone. Had to deal with enough. He got a <laughs> god. He got a concussion in Portugal or whatever. <laughs> did you see that video? He got I the did. rock thrown at him. Yeah. I was like, oh come on. All right, they're not that bad. Yeah, it's like don't throw rocks at him. Yeah, Silver Side Up was good. The State was good. That was their second yeah. album before. So I actually liked that album. Yeah. That was a good rock record. Yeah. It was everything after. It was the that. Well, the song that did it for me is like, and I again like I really like heavy instrumentation. So I was like listening to my friend was super into Nickelback in Montana and we're listening to this record. And then it's like gets to the chorus, it's like I don't know the words, but then it's like you look so much cuter with something in your mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, Oh it did to me what like up did to you. I was like, I don't wanna know about your penis, Chad. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh. It's like Chad, you're he's my age. We gotta like, talk a little bit longer because we cannot end on Chad Crow. No, we can't. We can't <laughs> anything else. Other than that, um, any uh, predictions for next week? For your don't tell me getting anything on the board. No, of of what you're going to throw at me. Don't don't tell me exactly. Just if you've got anything, or if you've even got anything in mind. I was I I was thinking of of like so taking these would be like single 
qual or single single quality people and songs that didn't make singles. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like not the like if it, if it were if Olivia Rodriguez did have like an album out, mm-hmm. it next week wouldn't be Driver's License. It would be one of the songs that didn't make it. But I still felt like it was kind of a, of that caliber. Oh, okay. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. I have a couple of couple of ideas in mind. And one, I actually, again, soft prediction, think you might like. Okay. It's, you know, it's not 80s synthwave, but it's, <laughs> it, I, th- I think it's, it's something that you would appreciate. Okay. And like, based on what you know about this person, mm-hmm. fairly familiar or limited knowledge, you would probably enjoy this kind of a moment in her career. Interesting. What are you thinking? Uh, I don't know. I've got, I've actually put together a a playlist and I've been going through my music library and every time I come across something that I really feel like is a good deep cut, I put it in that playlist. Okay. Very cool. I keep, I'm filling the playlist up and then I have to go back through and like see, you know, and I've got some, I've almost narrowed down three songs for next week. Very cool. I'm excited. I'll get like excited about one, then I go, "Oh, that reminds me of another one." Then I'll go put it in there and like, hmm, hmm, hmm. So, I mean, you like Kid Rock, right? Love him. Okay, love him. Well, (laughs) you know what I love more than than Kid Rock is the Brian Passane joke about Kid Rock. He was talking about like listening to Kid Rock on the radio, and he was saying like. He was like he can like he was pissed that nobody you couldn't say faggot or retard anymore and Brian Posehn was like oh guys Kid Rock can't say his two favorite words anymore <laughs> and he's like he's like he was he said uh, I think he should be the only one who's allowed to say it but he has to change that song my name is Kid Rock or whatever to like my name is retarded faggot <laughs> dude Brian Posehn. Kid Rock <coughs> goes into that joke. It's fucking hilarious. Yes. Um, oh, one thing I did want to say is just speaking on playlist. I have started the Spotify playlist. Talked about it earlier, but if you're listening to this episode, we'll ha- we're going to kind of release a couple all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there will be more than six songs on it. It's the acronym for our show: Lemon Squeeze and Deep Cuts. So it's LSD, and then the C is in parentheses. So LSD parentheses, Perfect. and that's just branding 101. And that and will we're be, gonna, uh, yeah, the YouTube channel will be Lemon Squeeze and Deep Cuts, yeah, yeah, just yeah. written out. So you'll you'll be able to find it. There'll be a link in this podcast to the YouTube if you want to look at us. If you don't want to look at us, I don't I don't blame you. Well, Brennan's, Brennan's kind of a, a good looking fella, but <laughs> <laughs> look at these thighs. So and we'll, we'll we'll be updating you as these episodes come out. Like and they're gonna these first couple will kind of come out in quick succession. So once we have an Instagram up. Mm-hmm. We'll have mm-hmm. an email up. We're we're taking care of all that in the background of right now. We just wanted to come in today and get things started. So yeah, dude, thank you so much for doing this. Was so much yeah, fun. This is dude. fun. Ready to do and, it again, dude. Me too. Can't wait for next week. Unfortunately, we got to come up with more songs. I feel oh, like no. I feel like I'd be no. no. <laughs> I just like I'm in that that mindset where I'm like I could do another episode, but it's, I don't have any. Yeah, I don't have anything right now. Right? <laughs> so, next, so next week, but yeah, but um, yeah. I think uh, we can we can put the uh, put the bow on this first one and uh, send her out to sea, dude. Awesome, fuck yeah, dude. Right here. All right, brother, love you. Rock on.